This is Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly update on the people and policies leading Michigan, with Michigan Democratic Party Chair Lavora Barnes. Welcome back to Party on the Peninsulas. I'm Lavora Barnes. The word this week, contrast. As the world watched, President Biden showed leadership by flying into a war zone, while at the same time, Republicans in Washington embarrassed themselves and the nation as they couldn't even elect a Speaker of the House, paralyzing Congress for more than two weeks. In Lansing, Governor Whitmer and legislative Democrats continued to do the work of governing. Just this week, the governor signed into law Democratic bills guaranteeing Michigan citizens their rights under the Affordable Care Act, and another bill creating the first-in-the-nation guarantee of clean, healthy water for every schoolchild. The State House approved legislation reforming our juvenile justice system, The state Senate passed bills expanding reproductive health care rights. Republicans, meanwhile, held a news conference in support of the aging and environmentally dangerous Enbridge 5 pipeline. On the same day, another oil pipeline ruptured, spilling thousands of gallons of oil in Branch County. While Michigan Democrats were passing reproductive rights laws, a Republican would-be U.S. senator was working to hide his anti-reproductive rights record. The nonprofit online publication The Gander exposed Mike Rogers' record of supporting a complete ban on abortions even in the case of rape or incest, a position he's now trying to hide. There's a link to that expose on our website. While Michigan Democrats were enacting legislation to protect and expand voter rights, five Michigan Republicans in Congress were voting to elect as their speaker a leader of the efforts to overturn the results for the 2020 election. And the other Republican, John James, waited until every other Republican had voted before casting a totally symbolic vote against Trump ally Jim Jordan. Jordan, by the way, has never had a bill signed into law during his 16 years in Congress. None. Zip. Nada. He's been a disruptor, a constant guest on Fox News, and a fast-talking attack dog in committee hearings. He's never shown an interest in actually legislating. Bottom line, one party governs, The other major party shows it is incapable of governing. Also this week, a statehouse committee approved a three-bill package regulating the use of artificial intelligence in political campaigns. It used to be that seeing and hearing was believing. Not anymore. With deep fakes so easy to create, no longer true. In a moment, we'll be joined by State Representative Ranjiv Puri, one of the sponsors of the AI bills. But first, an update on some of the other stories on politics and policies we're following this week with MDP's Dorian Tyus. In the news this week, Michigan will be the first state in the nation to require filtered drinking water at all schools and daycare centers under new laws signed by Governor Whitmer. Facilities will have until the end of the 2025-26 school year to install at least one bottle filling station or faucet filter for every 100 children to prevent lead exposure that at high levels can cause brain damage and developmental delays. The governor also signed bills to place in state law the key health care protections secured by the Federal Affordable Care Act. The package of bills would essentially add to state law the key pieces of former president Barack Obama's signature health care law. One bill bars insurers from denying insurance to individuals based on their gender, gender identity or expression, or sexual orientation. 
It would expand the current prohibition on insurers from charging different rates for the same coverage. Other bills ban insurers from denying coverage to someone with a pre-existing condition, allow young adults to stay on their parents' health insurance until they're 26 years old, prohibit insurers from imposing annual or lifetime caps on essential services, and require coverage for certain services such as hospitalization. A bill to eliminate Michigan's broad immunity protection for drug manufacturers and sellers from product liability lawsuits passed the state Senate Wednesday. For decades, state lawmakers have attempted to amend or repeal Michigan's drug immunity law created in 1995. They've introduced at least 19 bills to do so. Michigan is the only state that statutorily offers drug manufacturers a blanket defense for products liability. If Governor Gretchen Whitmer signs the bill into law, it would open the door to liability lawsuits against drug makers and sellers. Legislation aimed at improving juvenile justice in the state passed in the Michigan House and Senate this last week. These bills were informed by the recommendations from the Bipartisan Juvenile Justice Task Force in 2021. The legislation focuses on six issue areas to enhance the child care fund, to provide juveniles with legal counsel, to expand the Juvenile Diversion Act, to require each juvenile receives treatment tailored to their needs, to eliminate most fines and fees, and to expand the office of the children's ombudsman. Lead sponsor Kara Hope said the bill's quote, will make a lasting impact on Michigan's criminal justice system for our young people and their futures. 2022 Republican gubernatorial candidate Ryan Kelly was sentenced to 60 days in federal prison by a judge in Washington. Kelly pleaded guilty earlier this year to a federal misdemeanor charged for participating in the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol when supporters of former President Donald Trump attempted to prevent the certification of the 2020 presidential election. In addition to the 60-day prison stint, U.S. District Judge Christopher Cooper also levied a $5,000 fine against Kelly. Kelly, a real estate agent and conservative activist, finished fourth in the Republican primary in the Michigan gubernatorial race last year. M Live reports that a secretive public relations firm working to oppose a battery plant in West Michigan due to involvement of a Chinese firm is itself representing a Chinese government-owned agricultural corporation. The PR firm, Aviza Partners, specializes in creating faux grassroots campaigns. The firm's tactics are to give an appearance of grassroots support when it's just a substantially funded, very opaque operation that is run by a very small group of individuals according to the nonpartisan independent nonprofit Open Secret, which tracks money and politics. The Gander, a new nonprofit online magazine, reports that after spending decades, including his 14 years in Congress, railing against reproductive rights and lobbying for a nationwide abortion ban, Republican U.S. Senate candidate Mike Rogers is now attempting to erase his dangerous anti-abortion record. The story noted that Rogers' anti-choice record is extensive. Rogers backed a near-total abortion ban in 2010 praised the Dobbs decision, and vowed to back a ban on federal funding for abortion and told reporters that if he lived in Michigan last year, 
he would have voted against Proposal 3 to codify reproductive freedom in the state constitution. During his time in Congress, Rogers also co-sponsored and voted for several anti-choice bills that would have banned and criminalized abortion with no exceptions for rape or incest. Links to these stories and other articles of interest are on our website, partyonthepeninsulas.com. From Michigan Democratic Party headquarters in Lansing, I'm Dorian Tykes. Thank you, Dorian. The State House Elections Committee has approved a three-bill package aimed at preventing deception of voters through the use of deep fake audios and videos. How serious is the threat? The Elections Committee got a sample of AI-generated audio at its hearing last week with this message. Hi, Representative Cernoglu. Uh, it's your buddy Joe. I really like your bill that requires disclaimers on political ads that use artificial intelligence. No more malarkey. Uh, as my dad used to say, Joey, you can't believe everything you hear. Not a joke. Uh, anyway, thank you and your committee for your leadership in the drive for more democratic elections. And give your daughter a hug for me. By the way, this statement was created using artificial intelligence. Another example, this section of our podcast was created with AI software. The real Lavora Barnes approved the script, but you are hearing the computer-created voice of AI Lavora. For more on the bills and the threats to our political system posed by AI, our Walt Sorg talked with one of the sponsors of the AI disclosure bills, Representative Ranjeev Puri. Representative Puri, welcome to the podcast. And we should establish from the beginning, we are actually talking with the real representative and not some computer. That's right. That's right. I am actually here in my true form. This is the first step in taking on something that really is the great unknown. Uh, we don't know the power yet of artificial intelligence, but in the wrong hands, it could be pretty scary, as you've already seen a Joe Biden testifying at your hearing while he was in Israel. <laughs> Yeah, I know that there were some sophisticated people who put that together, but is upon us now and we need to start dealing with the, the potential uh, threats that the technology can offer. Now, the bills that your committee has just uh, sent to the floor, they deal specifically with political uses of AI. What would they do? In my opinion, it's, it's very common sense legislation. So this would require that any advertisements in the political arena come election cycles would have very clear and legible disclaimers showing that any ads that, that used deep fake or AI technology, that it was very clear to viewers that these ads were not quote unquote real, but that these were simulated with AI technology. Now, it seems like the threat from AI in politics goes the entire gamut from school board right up to president of the United States. Do you see a level of election where it's especially dangerous or is it really dangerous all the way around? I, I think ultimately, yeah, it's going to be dangerous all the way around. Uh, unfortunately, I think school board races have become much more politicized uh, than they ever have been in the past. And so that's why I think it's very important that we're on the forefront uh, of this legislation. It's bipartisan legislation. I think it's going to affect uh, people of both political persuasions. But as the AI technology is becoming uh, more accessible, as uh, tools out there are becoming easier to use by technical people and non-technical people. We've seen a very real life examples of deep fake videos 
that the layman would watch that would not be able to discern from just watching the video that these were are real or fake videos. And so I think that these are going to eventually impact elections of all levels. Do you see the need down the road to perhaps criminalize some of the bad uses of AI? Do we need criminal penalties? I think it's important on the forefront here, as we're talking about elections and keeping the integrity of elections safe, secure, and free, that we're doing whatever we can to make sure that misinformation is not spread, obviously dealing with AI. Like any emerging technology, it sometimes it can be tricky to hard and, and to regulate an emerging technology. I think it, regardless of industry, there is a level, a school of thought of letting a ter- technology flourish and people to test and fail to see where things are going to go. But that being said, I think when it's clear and evident that the uses are disingenuous, that they're used to be deceitful or for nefarious purposes, then I think absolutely we, we should be looking at penalties for, again, for acting in bad faith. It seems as though part of the problem for this legislature and actually for any legislature or Congress is the education curve. We don't know a whole lot about this. And by the time you learn something, it's probably changed. But the regulatory landscape, unfortunately, with technology does lag behind. Prior to joining here, I'm, I'm coming from the automotive industry. There's a, a tremendous amount of new technology that's being introduced within the world of automotive such as electric vehicles, and then also self-driving vehicles. And we're likely going to get to a point in that space where the self-driving technology may be ready before the regulatory landscape. And so it's nothing new for the regulatory landscape to lag behind in terms of when you're talking about uh, new technologies. But what's important here is that we are taking those crucial steps up front to make sure that we are ahead of any nefarious use of this technology when it comes to elections interference. Let's take it down to the very base level for you as an elected official. If you are the victim of uh, a deep fake audio just being disseminated in your district, how are you going to respond? What defenses can you put up? I, I, I think, again, we're on the forefront of this. I don't think that there's a lot of people who have fallen victim to that yet. And so those are questions that we're probably going to be answering very soon. For me personally, it would be a very proactive approach of establishing that those videos aren't real. But when in the world that we live in, and when it comes to election season, there's so much information thrown at voters that sometimes it's really hard to discern what's real, what's not, even if you're telling people it's not real. So that's why we want to take whatever steps we can up front here to make sure that some of those nefarious purposes can be mitigated before they even start. What worries me at, at this end of the podcast producing stage, we are in effect producing the raw material for people who want to cause mischief, simply because now if somebody just records this podcast, they've got a sample of your voice. And that's all they really need to create a deepfake audio. Everybody who's ever been on any podcast is easily victimized. That's just it. That's exactly what we talked about earlier and the point you brought up where the barriers to entry to being able to make these videos or audios is decreasing. I think in years past when this technology was truly novel, you needed to be a technical expert in the space and to learn some of the programming to be able to do it. And that is becoming more and more accessible by the day. I know we talked about how even you have dabbled and and are able to make some of these audios and videos. And so we're going to get to a point potentially where an everyday internet user is going to be able to go on and play around in the space. What we're trying to do here is to provide the tools to our judicial system to be able to have the tools necessary 
to regulate this space as these things become more prevalent. Again, because as this technology is more accessible, we're going to be seeing a lot more of it. It certainly is easy. As you heard, the introduction to this segment was created with LaVora Barnes' artificial intelligence. She didn't say one of those words, and it took about three minutes to create the whole darn thing. Uh, huge concern and a huge challenge for you as a regulator. Yeah, just when I was so excited, because I thought LaVora was really happy to have me on. You let me know it was AI. I'm just, no, I'm only kidding. But yeah, I think that's the exact point. Again, people who are, are trained in this space and now are able to do this in a matter of minutes. And so we need to address this issue as contentious as elections have become in this country with how much hinges on each and every election. We need to, again, making sure that we are maintaining the integrity of, of elections right here in Michigan. Yeah, the computers are pretty darn smart too, which is scary. I found very quickly that AI had no problems at all pronouncing the name of the chair of your committee, Penelope Cernoglu. And if they can handle Penelope Cernoglu, they can handle just about anything. <laughs> I, uh, that, that's right. I'm in the school of thought that you do not want to bet against technology. That's just a, that's not a good proposition to ever take again in, in, in various industries. And so this is just another one of those examples. In 2023 here, we're regulating for these technologies as they exist right now. Um, but we are all well aware that these technologies are only going to get better. They're only going to get easier to use. And these deep fake videos and audios are only going to get more believable. And so I've seen a number of them already that I've watched that they're, I, I would have been fooled 10 out of 10 times thinking that these were fake. And, and it's only getting better, which is scary. And again, we're going to do whatever we can to provide the tools to make sure that we are keeping our elections safe. The real representative, Ranjeev Puri, and not a computer simulation. We thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate the discussion. That's our report for this week. We thank Representative Puri for joining us this week. I'm LaVore Barnes, the real LaVore Barnes, not the AI version. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week and hope you will be too. Paid for by my good friends, the Patriots at the Michigan Democratic Party, 606 Townsend, Lansing, Michigan, 48933.